And now, live from ID Studios in Tucson, Arizona, it's... Dear Friends and Family. 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 Dear Friends and Family, how are you? Dear Friends and Family, welcome to Session 8. Woohoo! Yeah! <laughs> we are so happy to be here with you today. Yes. Some great, great things have been happening with us. Our listenership is up and people are commenting and sharing and we need you to do more. Yes, Please. keep it up, We are guys. so close to getting into new and noteworthy. Yeah, so please remember, comment and like and just share, share from SoundCloud or iTunes yeah. or wherever you're listening from. That would be awesome. Heck yeah. <laughs> In today's show, I got the opportunity to interview two of my closest friends, Jason and Kelly. Unfortunately, Lex wasn't able to be there, so I also got the amazing opportunity to have an awesome co-host, Sam Cloud. Yes, so thank you so much, Sam. You were awesome in the show, and thank you so much for stepping in for me. Yes, I was completely out of it. I tried to come into the studio and tried to record, but I it just, just didn't work out. It just wasn't <laughs> happening. All right, guys, I'd like to take a quick minute to tell you about what's going on on Friday. 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 Not next Friday. This Friday. This Friday. Are you sure? Friday. Okay, Friday. So this Friday, we're going to be dropping our first landing page for Dolo the Narrator, our client. Woohoo. Woohoo. This is going to be awesome. He is starring in a movie called Street Life, and he has teamed up with Kirk Enterprises and created Duh Enterprise. Enterprise. For now, you can check out Dolo the Narrator on Facebook at his Facebook page. D-O-L-O-D-A Narrator. <laughs> so yes, check this out, guys. This is going to be really badass. I can't, I, There's going to be an awesome mixtape available. That, yes. Uh, it's actually Dolo's old music that Lex has taken and totally transformed into something new and awesome. And I can't wait to share it with you guys. So get on over there on Friday, sign up for the email list and you will receive the download. Yes, you will receive a really cool mixtape done by yours truly featuring Dolo the Narrator's music. So it's going to be really cool. So you guys got to check it out on Friday. Stay tuned on Dolo the Narrator's Facebook page to see what's going on because it's going to be awesome. But for now, on to our show. Okay, dear friends and family listeners, it's that time where we remind you to head over to studioids.com and sign up for our email list. You will receive all of the latest updates, releases, and information about our studio. Also, wherever you are listening, from whether it be iTunes or SoundCloud, please give us a comment, a like, and a share. Thank you for supporting our endeavor to open minds one show at a time. Take it away, Patty and Lex. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we have a lovely show for you today. I have a special co-host, Sam Cloud. Hi, how's it going? I'm so excited to be here. Unfortunately, Lex is not feeling well and he is not able to get out of bed but I have two amazing friends in my studio, and I could not pass up the opportunity to interview them. Jason and Kelly, say hi. Hi. <laughs> it's great to be here. We're so excited to be here. So how do you guys know Patty? I don't know that story. We lived in the same apartment complex. It was 
New Year's Eve and we noticed Patty and I had met before in passing but they were outside playing my son really wants to play with their kids Aww. and we <laughs> in- randomly invited them up to our apartment and for a New Year's party and yeah, awesome. we've been friends since yeah we hung out till midnight yeah. brought in the New Year together it yeah. was awesome new hey. friends new year yeah sometimes it just clicks yeah <laughs> we started the New Year right very good. Yeah, it was awesome. Yeah, Kelly was uh, there with me when I took my pregnancy test for Devin in the grocery store bathroom. I love it because we can never wait, right? No, the moment it was my you pay birthday, for it, like we had just, I was like, "Come on, let's go. We're going now." I let's totally go. was like, "Let's go now before we get home," because I kind of want to know before your husband. <laughs> Did <was> awesome. <laughs> Kind of messed up, but funny. It was uh, funny. It's a girl I, thing. So <laughs> we all run to the bathroom. <laughs> In large herds to take pregnancy tests. You choose the store that has a public restroom. <laughs> On purpose. <laughs> so Jason, why don't you tell our listeners what you were diagnosed with and how you got here? Well, about four years ago, I was diagnosed with, first off, with diverticulosis. Wait, uh, what? A diver, what? What? Diverticulosis. What is that? Uh, there's the, the pockets in my intestines. And unfortunately, with those pockets, if you eat the wrong foods, the food actually gets stuck in these pockets and will sometimes they go, the, the pain goes away. It causes pain. And sometimes they'll go away. Other times, like in the situation that I was in, I actually had to go to the uh, emergency room and try and figure out exactly what was wrong with me. Been. Uh, back and forth to the, you know, at that point I was back and forth to the hospital, back and forth with my doctors. And there's actually certain foods that I still to this day am not allowed to eat. Corn, certain seeds I can't have. Uh, And that's not something that's just a temporary thing. It's something that I have to deal with the rest of my life. Kind of makes me a little upset because uh, I can't go to the movie theater anymore and just eat as much popcorn as I want. <laughs> oh, yeah. All right. I, I can't, yeah. I, I, can't uh, I can't. go and have a 4th of July barbecue with ribs and chicken and corn. I eat other things in place of corn and in place of some other items of food. And it, See, I know all about that. Mm-hmm. I actually have a wheat allergy, and so, right. like, there's, like, corn in everything. There's wheat in everything. <laughs> like, it's, it's so weird. Like, our entire diet is built off of these two it, foods, and... It's very yeah, hard. Yeah, it's, it's difficult to avoid sometimes. It is. I mean, I, as a matter of fact, I was by the movie theater yesterday with my kids, and I smelled popcorn, and I just told the boys, I was like, hey, we need to walk away quick because oh. it's actually really hard for me. Oh, so. yeah. It's not just, though, the food aspect. It's the fact that if this food gets stuck and he gets a really bad infection, it could be really severe. He could end up in the hospital for a long time on multiple antibiotics, and the end result could be eventually cutting out part of his intestine and having colostomy. Wow. Wow. That sounds so extreme. It is extreme. And when he's been to the hospital several times, they said if it gets too bad, that's that might not have to be the next step. So we have for the first year he was diagnosed, we cut lots of stuff out of our diet because we just didn't know what he could and couldn't eat. We he loves salsa, so I was making homemade salsa, but I was scooping the seeds out of the tomatoes oh my goodness i would scoop the seeds out of zucchini like stuff that he loves to eat but he couldn't eat and we would strain tomato sauce and it was just this huge process and we did a lot of research and talking to the doctor we found out that you know some people can tolerate different things than other people so we've we think we've come to a place where he knows the right things 
he can have in his diet. But at any time, something could get stuck and we could end up right back in the hospital. It's funny because when I went back to the doctors and I had, you know, scan after scan after scan, I talked to my doctor and the doctor told me, he's like, you know, you can slowly but surely start trying different foods and see what irritates you and what doesn't. And there is no medication that I can just take over the counter at home. I mean, if I go through and eat the wrong thing, I actually have to go to the hospital and get put on IV antibiotics. It's not, you wow. know, like I said, there's not like a pill so, that I can take. So you're literally your own guinea pig when it comes <laughs> to your diet and wow. what you can tolerate. That's yeah, and, and scary. The funny thing is, though, is that when I did go to the doctor this last time, he had told me when I could start slowly eating different foods, the first thing I did is I went to Costco and I bought a humongous bag of pistachios. Oh, no. <laughs> and, Wait, uh, yeah. Let's, let's just take this nice. <laughs> no. but, but you got to understand something. I didn't eat the whole bag like I used to. Mm-hmm. I started out really, really slow. Like I said, slowly but surely, I've been able to tolerate eating that kind of stuff. Yeah, Jason, Jason's definitely the type of guy that'll just, you know, ease kind of into yeah. things, take his time, get his feet wet a little. That's really him. It actually yeah. kind of, <laughs> this, this diagnosis actually got worse, not with the diverticulitis, but on top of that, I was diagnosed with three different diseases in about a seven, eight month period. Oh my wow. God. And it, it really, really took a toll. Kelly, can you give us sort of like a... So Kelly is my like favorite medical translator because she's an awesome nurse. <laughs> Excellent. I'm saved in people's phone as Nurse Kelly. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so why don't you kind of give us a dumbed down version of what else is going on and what... So why we were... The first time he was diagnosed and we were in the emergency room, the doctors came in and said... Your liver enzymes are really elevated and your kidney function's off. We said, well, that's never happened. They're like, yes, it has. It's been like this for eight years because they can go back in the computer and look. Oh, what? And we were like, what are you talking about? We've, you know, Jason follows up with his PCP all the time. And they said it started about eight years ago and they steadily have gone up. We had never heard anything about it. How how did nobody? But see, the main liver count that is one of the most important is zero to 55 mm-hmm. now and it was extremely it elevated. was at 100 at the max it was 186 oh my at goodness. the max and i went and dealt with that for seven years mm-hmm. without without anyone knowing <laughs> while we had been in back and forth in between the hospital multiple times because he had this belly issue we never knew we never knew what was going on he had multiple colonoscopies he was in and out of the doctor so many times and they didn't wow okay my mind is like literally blown at how broken our medical system is yeah and being a nurse and having that experience i was baffled so we went to his primary care doctor we're like why didn't you tell us this? And he sure, said, man. He's hey. like, well, I didn't think it was that big of a deal. I think you guys are fine. And we said, no, we're not fine. This is not okay. And he said, well, do you want to see a liver doctor? And we said, yes, we want to see a liver doctor. But getting Why? into a liver doctor took four or five months. Why oh do you have to ask? Right. <laughs> yeah, that should not be a question. It's pulling teeth. It's wow. pulling teeth. He, he was one of the, he was one of the, the type of doctor that, you know, give me, uh, give you this medication. You'll be fine in a week. That, uh. That's the type of doctor that mm-hmm. I had. This doctor constantly when I had issues, okay, Jason, here's the deal. 
We looked at all your blood work. Everything looks fine. Here's some medication. But Take it for a week. Fine. Everything right. wasn't exactly. fine. And it hadn't been for a long time. And for as like long maybe as... I'm a hypochondriac. Maybe all these things I'm feeling aren't really real. He's like, I'm experiencing pain and I bleed when I go to the bathroom. And yeah, for as long as I've known Jason, yeah. he's had some serious stomach problems. Right, and why couldn't any? It took forever to just get that diagnosis, and then you get the first diagnosis, and you're like, it's scary, but like, thank God we finally have a diagnosis. And then they're like, bam, bam, you have these two other things. Right, kind of validating. Yeah, (laughs) I mean, really, right? Yeah, right when we found out he had answers. Yeah, yeah, we found out he got the diverticulosis. We found out about his elevated liver enzymes, and then his psoriasis got really bad at the same time. To back up a little bit, I actually had to go and get a liver biopsy done. Right. Okay. And that liver biopsy, eventually, yeah, eventually I got it done after waiting for six months on that. I got a liver biopsy done. It came back as a fatty liver. And of course, with that, the doctor who did the liver biopsy called me about two weeks later, had me meet with him in in his office. And he said to me, everything is not great with your liver. You need to be on a no sugar diet. Okay, so, well, there goes my soda that I drink all the time. There Mm -hmm. goes my Gatorade I drink. I mean... Everything else you like. (laughs) Out the window. So, not only can I not eat nuts or corn, but I also have more restrictions. It's a whole lifestyle change. It's a whole lifestyle change. For your whole family. Exactly. So, most people that get fatty liver are morbidly obese. Jason is not. Jason is... He's extremely thin, tall, yeah, very exactly. thin man. Not obese. Right. And, or people who drink and are alcoholics. He doesn't do that either. And he wow. doesn't drink. <laughs> getting this diagnosis, you're like, this is so strange. And then his psoriasis is getting worse. Typically, a lot of liver kinds of patients... They get all of a sudden skin issues. Okay. So I was going to say, are they connected? So they're connected. So the liver is not helping somehow. Somehow the liver is not filtering things and has made his psoriasis really, really bad. Wow. To the point that now we think he has psoriatic arthritis and that could impair his mobility for the rest of his life. So it's just like one thing after another. Yeah. It's taken three years to get to this point, and we're finally seeing a specialist for the psoriasis. You would think we're talking about a 60-year-old. You know, I'm 37 years old, and most of my life I have been pretty healthy. When I had this psoriasis issue, this psoriasis doctor, he had me go and do UVB, which is sitting basically in a box with multiple multiple light bulbs Mm -hmm. thinking that maybe after 10 treatments i was able now now i was driving down to the arizona cancer center to get these treatments they ranged from the beginning stages were about 10 seconds in this machine and then progressively moved up from there to uh, maxing out at a minute that doesn't seem very long no No. it, it doesn't but it's it's one of those things where this thing gets so hot. It's now, like you're in a closet. Like almost like a tanning bed, but a closet mm-hmm. with those lights hmm. completely surrounding you. Wow. To be honest with you, it progressively got way worse. It works with some people. It doesn't work with others. And I happen to be one of those, that percentage that it didn't work with. And so I went to the doctor again and I told him, I said, hey, this is not working. Not only am I wasting my gas to drive down here for one minute three times a week <laughs> to feel worse, <laughs> to feel worse awesome. and, and make it worse mm-hmm. that, that makes me real you know makes yeah, me real me happy <laughs> <laughs> um but so then after he did that he's like well there's only a couple of other things options that we can do and i said well give them to me 
I will make the decision with my wife what the next option is going to be. And so he prescribed me a drug that comes in from Michigan and Florida. I was on this medication for three months. And if I told you that I don't have but maybe a teeny bit of psoriasis left, that is the truth. Oh, yeah. You showed me your elbow, right? Yeah. That's I had it all the only over spot. My, he had it. No, everywhere. I had it all over my body. My my head. Right, from so the head medication to foot. took care of most right. of it. The medication wow. took care of most of it. And now I'm dealing with, with the side effects yeah, of the medication, the which is pain and nausea, nausea every single day, pain and, every everywhere, not able to get up, not able to get out of bed, not able to do anything with our children. It's been an emotional roller coaster in the medical field. I feel like I should be able to help like push some of these things through and I am meeting these barriers right, and I'm in right. the medical field. Like how are these people that I see on a normal basis how do me and Lex do it? Right, exactly. <laughs> How do other right. people get through the system? Navigate it. Yeah, sure. We don't. Ridiculous. We don't. Yeah, no, there's walls ridiculous. everywhere. And there's walls for me, so there has to be walls for other people. And I'm sure they're worse, especially we have good insurance because of my mm-hmm. where I work. But all these other people that don't have good insurance, what walls and barriers are they And now, our cause of the month. So tell us a little bit about your situation. What, you know, what were you diagnosed with? I felt a lump in my breast doing a personal mammogram, which I never did, but for some reason I did that day. I found a lump. Um, It felt very angry and different than normal. So I, long story short, I went and got it looked at and um, it came back positive for breast cancer so I was diagnosed on March 7th at 7 19 in the morning on my way to work I got a call saying you know yes your test came out positive and as soon as you hear positive and breast cancer the rest of it is wah, 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 wah. <laughs> it's like Charlie For Brown sure. I bet um I am considered cancer free as of now yes nice congratulations yeah. thank you I'm going through reconstruction and what what does that mean for you Good, because I didn't want to ask, because I'm like, ah. It, well, I'm assuming she's getting new boobs, but that's just exactly me. That's what, that's, yeah. Um, because of my, well, when I first heard I had the breast cancer, the first mm. thing I told my doctor was just take them. I don't want them. Just take them if it's going to make it go away. I But they really put a lot of thought into it, and they mm. make you really think about what you're going to do. Because of my age, they really wanted to just go ahead and do the double mastectomy, which is what I wanted. So we have this awesome opportunity as a community. So Amber does have health insurance and Mm -hmm. the health insurance has a deductible. And this is why we are trying to raise some money for Amber. She started the process to have um, reconstructive surgery because, you know, from all of her cancer treatment and everything, her deductible was full, but the process has gotten stretched out into this year. So now there's a new deductible. And she has to try and continue with this reconstructive surgery is going to have to pay out of pocket, basically, until that deductible is covered. And when we heard this, we really wanted to help out and just really like, oh, hey, there's a, there's a cause we can help out with, you know, save the boobies, save the tatas. Save the tatas. <laughs> well, we have a real life save the tatas situation here. Exactly. You this know? is extremely important. If you would like to hear Amber's full story please go to session two on Dear Friends and Family. You can check it out at studioids.com.
tatas.com. Also, if you'd like to help us save the tatas, you can also check it out at studioids.com. This doctor wanted Lex to get a full MRI. Just do a full body scan, damn do it. it all. He's like, I want to see what's going on. Yeah, nice. sure. So first the insurance approves upper spine, mm-hmm. and then they approve... <laughs> A middle spine. So we've done it twice already. Piece by piece. And, and the, it's not like that's an easy procedure. Wouldn't right. it just cost the insurance less to do it all in one shot? Exactly. Yeah. But they so, would make it easy. So now not only do I have to drive him 45 minutes. Right. He has to go through this procedure. He's also claustrophobic. So and the extreme. ride is not the easy for him. The ride is very hard on him. Mm-hmm. And it wipes him out for days at a time. When the doctor finally is like, okay, these MRIs are not mm-hmm. significant enough. They're not showing me what I need to see. So, I want a full MRI. They denied it and said that Lex needed physical therapy. <gasps> mm-hmm. Whoa. And the doctor's like, physical therapy for what? I can't see what's going on. <laughs> Not really the way I want to really live solve my life. many problems. <laughs> it's adding <laughs> insult to injury. <laughs> It makes it worse. And yeah. And not only does he not feel good, doesn't mean that it's just him that's affected. Yeah. You know, we're all affected by it. So, Jason, why don't you tell us what you were doing as a profession before you were diagnosed? I was a stay-at-home dad. Oh, wow. wow. To I've how many kids? Three beautiful kids, Caleb, Connor, and Chloe, eight, six, and 15 months. If I could tell you how hard it was for me not to get up to hold my little girl. Sorry, I get a little sad because there are some times where understandable um but i can't i I couldn't get up out of the couch out of bed to hold my little girl to play with my boys to play with my daughter who was helping you with the kids my wife was she her schedule was worked around me to a certain point Mm -hmm. to where i she can stay home while i'm dealing with this situation and it was for several months where she had to do it but not really stay home not stay home go to work and for a long time I would do every other day but I work nights so it's I work all night I sleep I am up and my whole sleep schedule was Mm, totally wrecked and it's like a constant like I'm taking care of people at home you know Mm -hmm. I'm taking care of people at work and it's back and forth and back and forth and it's really really hard yeah because you're not taking care of yourself I felt completely and to be honest with you you know I've apologized numerous times to Kelly you know it's not your fault I know it's not my fault, but I have actually, I've apologized. apologizes to me all the time. You know, and it's not something that I wish on myself. It's not somebody that, you know, something that other people wish on me. It's just one of those parts of your life where you have to get through it and hope mm-hmm. for the best at the, you know, at the very end. So it's what so I'm doing every day. What, what kind of impact has this had on your relationship? Because, you know, already there's the stress, there's Kelly busting her butt yeah <laughs> you feeling Super nurse guilty Kelly. <laughs> and having all this pain how what has your relationship experienced on this journey well we're in it for the long haul so you know we made a vow that we would be together through sickness and in health and right now we're in the sickness part so we have to make it work there's no other option for us so it's a lot of communication mm-hmm. it's talking about how you feel it's talking about how the other person can help one another it's having team meetings with your family and this is what we all need to do to help each other out because we are in this together Uh (laughs) we you know we have a family meeting and we go through 
what each person's issues are for the week and how we can help each other. And I feel like being open and honest with our children is the only way they will understand what's going on. And it also helps us. I don't want to hide anything from them. Right. Like how scary would it be for my kids if I hadn't like explained what's happening to their dad and then all of a sudden their dad just collapses in front of them. Like, yeah, you can't do that. That's not good. Right. (laughs) You know, I grew up with a dad who was sick and my mom explained everything to me from the moment it happened. And does it make you grow up a little bit faster? Sure. It, it, does. it does. It does. It kind of takes a little bit of your Does childhood it make me away. feel guilty for making them grow up a little faster? It does. It does. Sure. It absolutely does. But as an adult now, I look back, I would not want my mom to have done it any other way. I am glad. That's awesome. Thank you for saying that. Yeah. I am yeah. glad that I know <laughs> what happened. I, she told me the night my dad got sick. And we tell our kids, and they get emotional when if Jason has to go back to the hospital or to the doctor... They get really emotional. My strong, strong boys get really sad and tearful and they cry. And it's really hard to see. It's hard as a parent. But you have to create a good support system around you. You have to be a strong family unit. And you just have to know that today may suck, but tomorrow there might be a silver lining. I really feel like caretakers are (laughs) co-sufferers. Vicarious trauma, baby. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) What kind of, I I kind of have a theory that being a caretaker, mother, and full-time employee has definitely uh, taken some tolls on your body. Oh, absolutely. This happened right when I found out I was pregnant with Chloe is when all of this started. So I was pregnant while this was all going on. And then I had Chloe and I had some complications after and I had really a bad postpartum depression. I never had it with my other kids. And I just feel like all the traumatic things that had happened before that contributed to it. And so that was really hard for me to admit that I was not okay. There's always a breaking point. Yeah. There's always a breaking point. You reached a breaking point. I I reached my breaking point. What did you do? You know, Jason was the one who realized what was going on. He knew it right away. He listened to those videos at the hospital. He read those books and I didn't even know he did. And he did. (laughs) How did you approach that, Jason? I mean, what was that conversation like? Because I'm sure. Yeah, right? How receptive were you? It wasn't pretty pretty at first because, you know, I don't know about, obviously, postpartum depression because I'm a dude. Well, we hear you watch some videos. (laughs) Yeah, I heard about the videos. I did did watch some videos, but I also, at at one point, at one point, Mm -hmm. I suffered from depression so I could point it out right away and I knew what was going on and what was happening and so we actually sat and we talked for several hours Mm -hmm. about what we can do to help each other what we can do to make things work because the last thing that we wanted to do as my wife stated about her having her breaking point the last thing we want to do is get to a situation where we're fighting all the time. Our kids see it. We don't want to break up or anything else like that. So we decided that we were going to go to I the doctor. Go to the doctor. <laughs> and, that first thing. Yeah, and have her checked out. Mm-hmm. And she was actually talking to me before we went to the doctor about being put on antidepressant medication. Kelly, I want to know something. Mm-hmm. When Jason came to you and was like, "Honey, you're depressed." <laughs> Uh, what was your reaction? <laughs> no. Well, we weren't. Uh, we weren't. We we're fighting. <laughs> Let's yeah. just put it out there. We I'm were just, fighting, and let me, um, let me first tell you why I asked. Yeah. 
because I have been very depressed mm-hmm. for the last year and a half of my life mm-hmm. because of what Lex and I have been going through. A couple months ago, he came to me and he's like, honey, you're depressed. <laughs> and I said, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> Don't label no me. Shit. Right. No it's, shit. It's I'm depressed. Right. No, no shit. Mm-hmm. Thanks for pointing it out. Right. <laughs> I have always had to be the strong person. You know, I had to be the strong little girl when my dad was sick. Not that my even my parents made me. I just felt like that was my role. I am the caretaker. I am the nurse. I am the mom. I am the wife. I am always the person who is in control. You're the friend. Right. And try and tell someone coming to you and saying, I don't think you're in control. That was really hard for me to accept. Offensive. Always been in control. (laughs) It's like Sarah in session four. I don't tell you I don't like your girlfriend. Right? (laughs) But I needed to hear it. I needed someone who loved me to come to me and say, there is something wrong and we need to fix it. So we went to the doctor and it was really hard for me to even tell her. Like, I just have a hard time telling people that I myself need help. You come to me and you say you need help. I will help you. Oh, she will. To this woman's got a big heart. I will big. do whatever I can to help you. But yeah. someone says, do you need help with anything? I always say, no, I'm, I'm okay. Mm-hmm. I'm fine. So well, this was really hard. It was really okay. hard. Well, you brought up a good point when caretakers, we fill that role mm-hmm. nonstop, 24-7 mm-hmm. at work, at home, and it's almost impossible to step out of it, right? It to step it's out of those shoes hard. for a second. It's very yeah. hard. You know, in last week's show, we were talking with Layla about caretaking. She was a caretaker with her grandfather for two years while he was in the late stages of dementia, and she talked about that anger. He would start to get violent with her. And then when it was all over, she would go into the garage and she was just so angry, right? So angry at him and Mm -hmm. resentful at him. And it was like, thank you for saying that. Mm -hmm. Because I get so angry at Lex. And then I feel so guilty because Mm -hmm. he's in pain. He's going through this mind-blowing, altering disability. And I feel guilty, but it makes me angry. I get tired of having to do everything. Well, it's just like Kelly said, it's not a diagnosis just for one person. You know, the whole family begins experiencing the impact. Mm -hmm. I think it's natural and it's certainly not out of the ordinary or weird or bad to have those feelings. And it's not just anger. It's almost like you feel like you failed. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Like because I've you somehow ha- have control over what's right, happening right. here. I'm supposed to have control over <laughs> uh-huh. everything, yeah. and I don't, so I failed. Also, being di- diagnosed with depression, there is so much stigma related to so it. So much. Yeah. I didn't tell anyone. I told my parents. My parents knew. Jason knew. I didn't tell my in-laws for a while. Only one of my friend, really close friends knew. It was just really hard to tell other people I'm not okay. It that was, you're not superwoman? I'm not superwoman. It was yeah, so hard, hard for me that. to let that go. And I don't know what the turning point was, but finally I was like, screw this. It is okay for me to not be okay with all of Damn this. Damn straight it is. Yeah. <laughs> it is okay for me to have feelings uh-huh. and to be upset. And it is okay because... That means I have emotions and I have feelings and I can feel what we're going through with my husband. Like we can get through this together because we are both feeling different things. It's very difficult to accept your own journey. I have walked through this with Lex and have beat myself up the entire way until finally I realized, damn it, Patty, like 
you have done the best you can with what you have. And sometimes you don't have very much. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. Right. Like, just accept it, move on, and try to be better tomorrow. Exactly. And you know what? It makes you pretty incredible when you can do your very best with right. what you've got. And it also shows you how strong you are. Mm-hmm. And it also shows you other things that can help you. Like, other, there's other people out there in the world who can help you. There's other opportunities for you to grow as a person absolutely and find out what helps you come back to your center you know starting this show is what got me out of my depression i heard lex he did that point you know point five episode or whatever mm-hmm. and i just heard it and i was like you're whining <laughs> like this isn't a show and so i came up with this like awesome <laughs> idea like, poor lex <laughs> so i was like no let's talk to people. Let's make people talk about illness. Let's make people talk about what it's like to live this life because I know we're not alone. No. And put out our first episode and people started writing me. Mm-hmm. People started contacting me. People started reaching out to me. People are like, I hear you. Sometimes people just need someone to put a voice to their experience. Absolutely. And sometimes people like me just need someone to listen. I think at the end of the day, that's what anyone needs, Mm -hmm. to feel heard. To not only be heard, but to also have someone say, it's okay. Yeah. Yeah. And I I have that every day. When I do have pain all the time, Kelly is right there by my side making sure that everything's okay emotionally and also obviously physically because, you know, like I said, there's been numerous times where... I can't get up, and when I do get up, I feel like I'm going to fall because I can't feel anything in my legs. I can't feel anything in my arms. It's, it kind of goes back with what Lex had said in the first couple of episodes. It's not obviously as bad. There is the no comparison because, you know, everybody has their own issues and their own deals and their own pain. But it was kind of like a guy was taking a hammer and a nail and smashing every single muscle, every single joint in my body. And Kelly knew when that was going to happen because I started kicking my feet. I was in pain. I would cry. You know, there comes time where we're laying in bed. I try to fall asleep and I have pain. And she knows that I have pain. As a matter of fact, last night I kept her up half the night because I was in pain. And, and you know what that's it. like. Oh, yeah. yeah, you know exactly it happened to me what last night, like. actually. <laughs> I got three hours sleep last night. Yeah. Me so, too. Nice. This has really taken a humongous toll on me. I don't want to say it's just me because it's taken a huge toll on my family. Um, But it's taken a toll on me because me growing up, knowing I've been healthy a very, very big majority of my life and being 37 years old and dealing with this, it's a brand new experience for me. And it's something that if it wasn't for my wife, I don't know how I would get through 99% of my life. And you Uh, know what? That's enough for Alex. I hear him. Like at the end of the night, he will have one one of his terrible days like he's having today. But at the end of the night, he will touch the skin of my back and he will say, thank you. Mm -hmm. You helped me today. Kind of do the same thing is is if she knows that I'm having a bad day, she'll rub my back or kind of cuddle next to, to each other and watch a TV show. And there's a lot of times where I say thank you. There's other times where I don't and I know but you, you don't know, have to the, say thank you. I know that when I don't oh, say thank you... But it's definitely appreciated. Oh, yeah. Sure. sure. <laughs> Feels good. No, see, if I don't say thank you, then I get the evil eye. Oh, no, I on. really don't. She has been there for me 100% of the time. Uh, that She's never left me alone when she knows that I'm having this pain. Lex is... Uh, I love that Like I take care of him 24-7. You know, mm-hmm. like I'm here with him all the time. And so 
like I was in the kitchen earlier today and I was like, hold on, I can feel Lex. I'll be right back. And I like, I open the, the door, string. right? Yeah. So, but I open the door and he goes, oh, my angel, you heard me calling. It's, he needed something. You have that and connection. it's like, I can feel it and I'm drawn to it. It's, it's so intuitive. fascinating. You're tuned in. It's just, it's amazing to me just how like in sync he and I can become. But then all of a sudden out of nowhere, Sure. Like chaos and we can't communicate and we're both frustrated and we're both like so dichotomous together. And that's what you have to do. You have to, no matter what situation you're encountered with, no matter how long this medical process is for anybody, you have to make sure that you find your center and you work every single day to come back to it. So Kelly, what do you do to find your center? So it's funny that you mentioned I've done meditation. Yeah. Um, awesome. Do you, I, do you still? You said you've I done. Do. I um, It's not all the time. It's definitely not like a daily practice, but I do other things. I will listen to motivational speeches to and from work. <laughs> I and, love it. Oh, then you totally have to check out Shalene Johnson. Yeah. It, that woman will teach you, will rearrange your brain when it comes to confidence. It's awesome. <laughs> I don't know. Like just listening to that, it kind of pumps me up. Yeah. It gets me going. Me too. It makes me think, hey, these p- other people have been in situations that have sucked really bad, and they've gotten out of it, and they've been in worse situations, and we're okay. We can get through this. We can do anything we want to do. We just have to do it together. It may take a little while, Amen. but, but right. you know, it may take a little while, but you know, we're we're moving forward and trying to get as many doctors as possible to get me back to feeling. I may not feel like I, I did, you know, 25 years ago, but I'll tell you what, I sure as hell damn do not want to continue to be in pain all the time. And that's why I'm really glad that I have this appointment. And I waited, you know, for all of you who have ever, ever had to wait a long period of time, I had to wait five and a half months just to see a rheumatologist. They're far and few between. Yeah. <laughs> so finally, I'm able to do that and i'm moving on to the next step and i'm hoping that someday soon i'll be pain-free but so when you have the hard days you think of these positive things like i'm finally getting my appointment i finally had no pain today the today small was a successes. good day you have yeah. to think take one yeah. one step at a time looking back over your journey from when the first diagnosis came from when the pain was happening if you could tell each other something if you could tell the couple you were then what you know now, what what advice would you give yourselves at that time? I would tell my husband, I love you no matter what, that you will be fine and we will get through this together. But I would start saying it the moment this started. Mm-hmm. I would also tell myself, you're a wonderful person. This is going to be really hard, but you will get through this. And start it and say it every single day. Every single day. Because some days you don't want to say it. No. <laughs> With me, I would first tell myself that everything will be okay, that I will get, you know, a diagnosis completed instead of these doctors that are telling me, you know, half-assed things. But I would first tell myself that, and then I would tell my wife, hey, babe, everything's going to be okay. I'm getting and, and making small strides to getting better with these appointments. Also, I would let my kids know, you know what, mm-hmm. daddy's going to be okay. There are times where daddy might be in the hospital. There might be times where daddy has to be on medication. There might be times where daddy can't get off the couch. And and there has been times 
where I have let them know, try not to touch daddy, which is very hard for three very young kids to do, to not do. Oh, yeah. They, um, they want to be on top of you. You're the jungle gym. The, and, and Especially that is exactly when right. they've always, I mean, Patty knows. There was one night she had a party here and all the adults got into this like, crazy tickle laughing fest with all of the children lex and jason were on the floor oh with my those gosh. kids oh my gosh they like, were on like six seven kids on top on of top each of each we have photos i, I mean it's a, you know what i'm gonna post one of those photos yes. with this session it is, oh you've got it, because to now yeah. it was like lex and jason and all these kids and they're wrestling and having the best time of their lives and it ah. Oh. It was it was awesome. great. It was awesome. I loved every minute of that. And now it's something that I look back on and think to myself, well, what would it be like now if Lex, you know, Lex and or me could be healed and be able to go back and doing those fun things? And with me, I find other things, as I'm sure Lex does, too, to spend time with my kids, whether it be sitting on the couch, watching TV, watching a movie play an xbox and on the days that i do feel halfway decent i do get in the car and i do drive and i do take them to go do fun things because i don't want it to be me being a pity party oh jason can't move today or anything else like that i want to make sure that my kids are able to play with me all the time and, and that's what hurts me a lot of the time is when i'm not able to play with the kids and i have to have them sit on the couch quietly which is again hard for young kids to do shocker <laughs> it's pretty amazing what? they can't be quiet um but i get through it every day i want to tell you a little story about the magic that is my husband i was driving in the car with the kids and that's when the kids really tell me like those very honest oh yeah truths and uh yeah our, our truth sessions are in the car too yeah yeah, yeah. Us too. We have yeah. The best conversation i know that's awesome <laughs> Just turn off the radio people well don't turn this off but yeah <laughs> Wait till the show's over. Devin was sitting in the car with me and he said, Mom, there's only one thing I miss. And I said, what's that, buddy? And he said, Dad's really tight hugs. Oh, sure. And so I came home and I, I, had, I told my husband this because I don't jelly coat things for people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, it's a shared experience. Yeah. Absolutely. And so from that point on, at least once a week, Lex will ask Devin to come over and give him the tightest hug in the entire world. And it causes Lex physical pain for over an hour Mm -hmm. just to give his son the kind of hug that his son needs. And he does it anyway. That's love. Mm -hmm. That's my man. That's love. (laughs) That's love. That's being a family. Absolutely. My family, Patty and Lex's family. I mean, we've known each other a very long time. Family is a huge thing with me. I think if we (laughs) were also looking back or talking like a stranger who's listening to this what i would tell them is just communicate and talk with your partner talk with your family work on everything together you have to be a family you have to talk you have to communicate and you need to do every part of this journey needs to be done together otherwise it's gonna be really hard yeah family is key to surviving this i've come to realize the amount of pain that my husband is in and I can't believe that he deals with that every day just because he knows that we need him and he mm-hmm. needs us. Mm-hmm. That's it's, love. It's amazing. It that's blows amazing. my mind. But that's what gets people through is love. At the end of the day, whether it's loving yourself, mm-hmm. right? All In the moments where that's love. hard. Or whether it's, you know, loving your partner when it's hard. Right. Because sometimes it is. 
Or even loving your partner when it's not hard. Because mm-hmm. I find that sometimes when all is calm, my head gets carried away. Yeah. Sure. And I realize the things that I'm resentful about. and Because everything's okay right now, right? Like, he's not in that much pain. Right. So I should just let it all out. <laughs> <laughs> no. The floodgates open. <laughs> I'm a little backwards. Yeah. <laughs> well, Jason and Kelly, thank you so much for being on this show with thanks us. Thanks for having us. Well, thanks for having us. It's, uh, it's been a joy. Let me yeah. tell you. Your story was, it's really moving. It's really powerful to see the love shared between the two of you. It's really powerful to see, it's clear, you stick together through thick and thin. Absolutely. It's awesome. Forever Thank you, always. Sam, for co-hosting with me. Thank you. <laughs> you it was fun. It was fun. Thank you. All right, guys. Thank you. And now our hero of the week. Our heroes. Woohoo! Yeah. <laughs> so if you have somebody in your life, if you were struggling through a really hard time and somebody just sort of stepped in and saved your day. Saved your butt. <laughs> <laughs> we want to hear about that person. Send us your messages and maybe your hero will be recognized on our show. Oh, that's all, folks. <laughs> <laughs> How do you think Sam did covering for you? Oh man, she did amazing. Yeah, I enjoyed awesome. that. That she was a really good question. Yeah, yeah she, awesome. Uh, thank you so much, Sam Cloud, for stepping in for me. That was a huge godsend. Thank you so much. That's <laughs> awesome. All right, guys. Well, that is the end of our show. Don't forget to head over to studioids.com. Sign up for our email list. Leave us a comment. Listen to other shows. Check us out. Now, if if you're wondering, if you've already signed up for the email list and you're wondering why you haven't received anything yet, it's because we're waiting to get enough people and then we're going to start sending out a family and business newsletter that we're going to be sending out to all of our email list people. It's coming. It's coming. Just give us a minute. Yeah, please. <laughs> <laughs> so guys, thank you so much. Again, go to studioids.com. And, and don't forget to check out Dolo, the narrator on Facebook. Yes. Friday. And stay tuned. That's going to be sick. It's going to be epic. So without further ado. Sincerely, Lex and Patty. We're out.